Welcome to Right to Life, Michigan's Life Beat. I'm your host today, Chris Gast. Joining us today are Anna Visser and Grace Hemmeke. Anna, Grace, Hello. I'm Happy not screaming into this microphone. Happy Friday. <laughs> Happy Friday. So today we have a couple of important court decisions to talk about. Uh, which one do you want to talk about first? On the one hand, we have uh, Proposal 3 going on the November ballot, according to the Michigan Supreme Court. And on the other hand, we have Judge Elizabeth uh, Gleicher, Gleicher, however you say it, uh, deciding that oh, there's already a right to abortion inside the Michigan Constitution mm-hmm. hiding somewhere. But yeah. she found it. Um, which one do you want to talk about first? Probably Proposal 3. Okay. So Proposal 3 is on the ballot at the end. Um, Unfortunately. So just to rewind back for a little history, uh, when Proposal 3 turned in their signatures, they turned in 750,000-odd signatures. Uh, we did do a review and found a large number of errors in them, um, bad signatures, a lot of strange signatures with initials for signatures instead of actual signatures, which you don't see very often, uh, some fairly questionable stuff, maybe enough to actually get them to do a uh, second sample. So if you find enough signatures that are wrong, they have to pull a second larger sample to check to see if they have enough valid signatures. But instead, we opted to, because on the back of their petition, state law says it has to have the actual text of the amendment that they're proposing on the back. However, when you looked on the back of the petition, of course, they were missing spaces. And so they had run-on sentences and run-on words, which technically should be what's going into the Michigan Constitution. So the Board of Canvassers voted on it. And they, by uh, a two-to-two vote, they rejected the petition. Of course, Reproductive Freedom for All sued uh, to the state Supreme Court, asking them to order the Board of Canvassers to approve their gobbledygook. And that's what the Michigan Supreme Court did by a vote of five to two. Uh, Their legal argument was, well, a lot of people signed it. So, Mm -hmm. and the spaces don't matter. Does that mean that they're just going to fix the spaces or that's just how it's going to be? It means, I guess it means that these imaginary spaces will just be added to the Constitution after the fact. I I, guess so. I guess so. They didn't really say anything about that, did they? Well, no, they didn't. It was just, they have a lot of signatures, the end. I know, but did they say like, oh, I mean... We can fix the spaces or... Well, it said everyone knows what it said. It didn't really address that. It wasn't a very solid decision. Actually, the dissenting opinions from uh, Brian Zarr and David Viviano um, went into detail about the problems with this approach, about, uh, you know, words matter in a constitution, spaces matter in a constitution. I'm just thinking about future amendments where they can just put whatever they want in there. So the precedent that has been set is you don't need any spaces in words on a petition. So that includes the front of the petition too. So if I were a spiteful person, I would next petition drive, submit a petition to the Board of Canvassers that has zero spaces in any words, Mm -hmm. and then they have to accept it because the Constitution said spaces don't matter. Or excuse me, the, the Michigan Supreme Court said spaces don't matter. Right. Although I guess their argument was a lot of people signed it. So I guess the Board of Canvassers could vote to reject your petition because no one signed it yet. I don't know. So it's, it's just a straight majority, majority rules. That's what we're going to go with. 
Yep. Uh, yeah. Law doesn't matter. Nothing matters. <clears throat> it's just whatever we want to do. So that means proposal three will be on the ballot on November 8th. That means you have a choice. You can either vote yes on proposal three. So you can vote yes on partial birth abortion. You can vote yes on tax-funded abortion. You can vote yes on unlimited abortions up to the moment of birth. You can vote yes on giving children an unlimited right to pregnancy from birth. Uh, you can vote yes on letting doctor or letting non-doctors perform surgery. You can vote yes on scrapping every state law and health regulation uh, dealing with pregnancy. Um, you can vote yes for all those things, or if you think any of those things are uh, bat poo crazy, which they are, for example, making sure that every state health regulation on pregnancy goes unforceable, then you can vote no, which means this language isn't in the Constitution and life goes on in the state of Michigan. Yes. So please vote no. <laughs> please. So, um, you know, some people might be a little depressed thinking, oh, I thought we had him with the spaces thing. It's kind of depressing that there's, this is going to be in the ballot and what do the Michigan voters do? And I think the optimistic take is um, this is a great moment for the state of Michigan to pick a side. Uh, the other side is not really uh, going with a half measure. They're going for it all. Um, late-term abortions, ending parental consent, tax-funded abortions, uh, everything that they want to have is, is all boiled down into this amendment. I guess it would be better if it were actually clear from reading the amendment without a little bit of knowledge to figure that out. But in any case, um, we get to run against everything that they want. Normally, um, we're the side trying to propose legislation and um, the other side is the ones picking it apart and whatnot. Now we're in the opposite stance. We're the ones explaining this is what they want. And not only that, this is what they want to put in the Constitution forever. It can't be changed by the legislature. You have to go through. Which a lot of people think it can be. Yeah, they don't realize how permanent this will be if They're it like, goes oh, through. I get that it's like super vague, but they'll just define it and change it the legislators will do it. Well, maybe we need to, instead of doing ads, you know, put Schoolhouse Rock back on TV and, like, how a bill becomes a law and the Constitution I mean, and all that. I mean, honestly, maybe we should because <laughs> I've heard that countless times. Oh, we can change it after we add it in there, but we just need to add it in there. Mm -hmm. Well, those people are a hard, uh, hard yes, I'm sure. But most people, I think, understand that a Constitution... Uh, takes precedent over state law. So um, there's an opportunity for contrust. So let's, let's have a higher view of the American of the Michigan voter. You're right. <laughs> yeah, so if you're listening and you don't understand how this works, so when you have a constitution, that is like the rules for the game. And then the laws are something that have to abide by the rules. So if you change the rules and a, a law that's on the books now or a law that you want to pass doesn't jive with the rules, then uh, that means that your law doesn't work because the Constitution 
takes precedent over state law. So if we pass a constitutional amendment that says uh, Gretchen Whitmer is uh, the queen forever, then the legislature can't turn around and pass a law saying Tudor Dixon is the queen forever because the Constitution says no. The Constitution always takes precedent over state law. How's that for a depressing thought, Governor Whitmer? Forever. I would move, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would move. Well, don't move before November. Um, so that's how constitutions work. And so if you make a change to constitution, like, for example, this amendment that says um, no person's autonomous decision-making can be interfered with by state law, then any state law that says someone can't do something on the topic of pregnancy uh, is either going to be invalidated in a future court case um, or can never be written. So yeah, when you're voting on a constitutional amendment, you have to think about what am I voting on for this to be forever for the state of Michigan? As they say in the Sandlot, forever, <laughs> forever. I think that's a, that's a new uh, tweet. What? You should use that as a tweet with the... For, well, I have been, the, forever, um, have permanent, you? yeah. No, like... From um, the Sandlot? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Listeners of the podcast, you will see later this day a tweet if I can find the proper GIF you or YouTube will be video. You definitely find it. Okay. It's got to be the first one that pops up. I don't know. Finding GIFs is a uh, art form in itself. Excuse me, GIFs. Look at that. You've all turned me into GIFs. Okay. So um, moving on, that's one court case. Mm -hmm. The other court case we're going to talk about, so... We have our existing Michigan law uh, that's been on the books since 1846, updated in 1931, banning all abortions except save the life of the mother, um, which, by the way, doctors can figure out <laughs> when a woman's life is at risk. That's we kind of that their job. Okay, we'll talk about that, too. Uh, so Planned Parenthood and Governor Whitmer sued this law. It's blocked uh, in both of those cases. So the one case that Planned Parenthood had, as we've talked about on the podcast before, I went to Judge Gleischer, uh, who used to work for the ACLU and who tried to invent a right to abortion in the Michigan Constitution in the late 90s and failed. Well, this week she ordered that uh, our laws to be permanently blocked because there is a definitive right to abortion in the Michigan Constitution uh, under the Due Process Clause, which is what the United States Supreme Court expressly rejected. Right. But um, so basically, as it stands now, we have a state-level Roe versus Wade that says the same thing, using the same verbiage that is equally wrong. Now, the interesting thing I thought about this case is, so when she originally blocked I mean, it, what? She, she doesn't have any authority to be... To be Creating constitutional it's, well, right. It's, it, well, Anna, they didn't have legal authority to force abortion on 50 states for 50 years, but that's what happens. It's the difference between authority and power. We, we, we say we live in a democracy, and many people talk until they're blue in the face about protecting democracy, but when you live in a, in a, in a country where the laws are just made up, it's not so it makes a me wonder, democracy. What's the point of going through all this money, spending nine million dollars on trying to create a constitutional right when you can just have your your pals create one for you 
Well, that seems they... way easier. And, and well, it gives them if they can win, then it gives them more authority to go even farther, taking the wording of the amendment to legalize all sorts of things. Some things that we don't talk about here, right? Life in Michigan, because they're a little bit outside of our purview. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's why they're doing it. The one interesting thing I thought about her decision was, so she originally blocked the law. We tried to get the Michigan Court of Appeals to take the case. The Court of Appeals refused, but they did say, hey, wait a second. This only applies to the attorney general. This doesn't apply to the county prosecutors. The Court of Appeals said county prosecutors can. I think it did apply to them. Well, no, the, the Court of Appeals said county prosecutors can enforce the law if they want. And so that's why Governor Whitmer came along later that afternoon and got the Oakland County judge um, to block it for the county prosecutors. But anyway, that's what the Court of Appeals said. And Judge Gleischer, who she was doing this case through the Court of Claims, but she's actually an appeals court judge. So they pull judges from the Court of Appeals to do this Court of Claims stuff for any lawsuits between, like, government officials. Um, So... She, in her decision, basically told her fellow Court of Appeals judge to go to the hot place, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> go to Hades, mm-hmm. and said, oh, no, this does apply to county prosecutors. I don't have to listen to the Court of Appeals. Right. So basically, Judge Gleischer, you know. She's just doing whatever she wants. She said F you to the law, the Constitution, precedent, Court of Appeals, um, she wanted a right to abortion. She got it. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Seems way easier to to do that. Well, it does. But then again, um, you know, we got rid of Roe versus Wade on the federal level, so uh, they're not content to. They don't just sit around and wait. Although they kind of did with Roe versus Wade for 50 years, but um, yeah, they want to do more. They think that. They think everyone's in their corner now. They think, oh, massive amounts of people support abortion. Um, you know, they think people aren't going to read it and don't realize all the crap that's in it. Um, and they're going to count on on people not being educated mm-hmm. to try to pass it. So, yeah. So uh, we're going to be uh, probably almost certainly appealing Judge Gleischer's decision, uh, at the end of the day, it's going to be the Michigan Supreme Court who has a say on this, and um, the decision should be clear. There is no right to abortion in the Michigan Constitution, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, again, when you elect judges who support abortion, you're not really electing judges. You're electing political hacks who will do whatever they want, and they will come up with a justification after the fact. Yeah, don't elect Planned Parenthood to run the state. Because mm-hmm. they kind of are right now. Yeah. Between the governor and the attorney general and people like Judge Gleischer. The one upside is unlike the federal level where the uh, U.S. Supreme Court is appointed, voted on by the Senate, and then they're there for life, in Michigan, all of our judges are up for election. So if you don't like all of the judges doing these things, you can vote them out at the next opportunity. In 2026. And, well, in November, we have an opportunity to elect a Supreme Court justice, two Supreme Court justices, and it'll be very important for Michigan voters to do that. Um, Paul Hudson 
in particular, and Brian Zara running, um, who are great, going to be great rule of law judges. Brian Zara has already proved that, and and Paul Hudson been endorsed by the Right Side Michigan Political Action Committee. So yes, yeah. All right. Do you want to talk about how doctors aren't idiots? Yes. <laughs> well, they're not. Um, so now, um, a caveat before we begin. Obviously, you know, doctors as a whole are not idiots. <laughs> Everyone has a story of a bad interaction with some doctor or something. That's granted. Um, but most of those problems aren't because the doctor is not intelligent. It's because you disagree with the doctor's decision um, or, or whatnot. Generally, doctors understand basic things like if you have an infection, your life might be at risk. If you don't have an infection, your life is not at risk. If you say, I don't want this baby because I don't want this baby, your life is not at risk. If you say, um, you know, this is an ectopic pregnancy and I have sepsis, uh, then your life is at risk. If you're saying, I have a miscarriage, that's not saying I want an abortion. Uh, if you're saying this baby is alive, can we kill it? That's not a miscarriage. So doctors understand like the very basics of medical science. And this is something that abortion supporters have tried really hard to claim is not the case. So since Roe versus Wade has been overturned in the Dobbs case, Uh, One of the biggest talking points, probably the biggest talking point from the other side has been, well, these abortion bans are going to confuse doctors. And even though all these bans have an exception for the life of the mother, that um, doctors are going to just let women die because they they are afraid to be prosecuted. Right. And that's so that's assuming, in other words, that doctors don't know how to practice medicine. Um. You know, doctors all the time are, are dealing with end-of-life situations, and are, are doctors thrown in jail, you know, because they administer, you know what I mean? Like, this is I mean, I very... think everyone knows that doctors can tell. They're just publicly saying that to scare people to think that. Right. There's all these crazy circumstances that happen every single day where they have to, they don't know what to do and they have to put their job on the line or whatever, even though that is pretty rare in itself. But I think it, I mean, they're obviously just trying to scare people. Right. And, you know, doctors understand that. And, and one of the criticisms is, oh, well, this, uh, this, this life of the mother exception is kind of vague and it's like, well, yeah, if it were highly specific, you'd have all these, you'd come up with all these situations that mm-hmm. it doesn't apply to, and then it would be a problem. The purpose of it being vague is that in a doctor's reasonable medical judgment, if a woman's life is going to be at risk from her pregnancy, then the doctor is legally allowed to end the pregnancy. Right. Um, that's very clear. There's not a long list of cases before 1973 of doctors being thrown in, you know, in jail for this. Uh, ever So in Michigan, what we did is we have an article up on our blog. Uh, our legislative director went back and looked through state Medicare, uh, excuse me, Medicaid claims. So in Michigan, we have a law that bans tax funding of abortions through Medicaid, um, but there's an exception for the life of the mother. 
And for every year that we could go back, and I'm sure every year since we passed this law in 1988, uh, there are claims for abortions to save life of the mother. There's not very many because it's a very rare circumstance. We're talking like five a year. But in any case, for, for decades, doctors understand how to ask the insurance company to bill this through Medicaid, and it happens. And there's and no questions. There's no complaints. There's no confusion. Right? right? When's yeah. the last time you heard a complaint that this, our Medicaid laws exception is not good enough? Ever? Never. No. Wasn't there also in that report about women that have abortions from rape and incest because that's also an exception right federally yeah so thanks to the clinton administration there's exceptions for rape and incest also through tax-funded abortions through medicaid um that's part of the the hyde amendment and so there are those paid for in the state uh, but however it's so rare it, so for the medicaid claims for abortions and cases of incest there's zero in the last five years and for rape there were two mm-hmm. two in the entire state and a quarter of all people in the state are on medicaid so this is a huge chunk of the abortions happening in the state when you think about you know poor women are more likely to have abortions they're more likely to be on medicaid um one of the challenges is, you know, first trimester abortions are so cheap that they're under the insurance deductible. So that could be part of the of the numbers too, why it's so low. But again, you know, abortions in these cases are so very rare, but they dominate the discussion because the other side doesn't want to talk about, you know, the 99% of other abortions that are for just purely social or economic reasons because mm-hmm. they know they're not popular. As right. much as they think that they have majority support now, they still, they won't, even when we talk about the amendment, like we talk about, hey, it's not going to allow parental consent, you know, they, even now they're not going to go full in and say, oh yeah, parental consent's dumb. They're like, oh no, it, well, you know, you can still have <laughs> parental consent and let's not talk about this issue. Can we talk about something else, please? Like they know that most people are not on their side on that well, topic. Well, there, that's another moment where they're like, oh no, like obviously we wouldn't get rid of that. And it's still there in the same way that kids, there's a constitutional right to own a gun, but kids can't own guns. Right. Someone did that today. And then I said, hey, so does that part of the Michigan Constitution say that no law can restrict an individual's autonomous decision making? Because that's not part of the Michigan Constitution there. But it is part of this one. Like, do you understand, like, when the Constitution says you can't restrict a person's decision making at all, that you can't have reasonable regulations? Because if Mm -hmm. the person makes an autonomous decision to violate the reasonable regulations... You take him to court, she's like, look, that's what the Constitution says. It says it right there. Right. Like that guy eating the ramen noodle soup. You just point behind him. See? Right there. Or or my favorite one is when they say, oh, well, like, minors will have the constitutional right, but just, like, a little less. A little less than, than adults. But they'll still have it, but just, like, just less, not fully the right. What does that mean? Well, just like you can be a little bit pregnant. It means we don't want to talk about this. Please don't pay attention. Let's talk uh-huh. about something else, please. It was interesting. Our legislative director noticed there's kind of a little bit of a divide in their coalition of their part of them is like, 
yeah, everyone can have an abortion, even no matter how old you are. And then there's another part that's like, oh, wait a minute. I I didn't really sign up for that. Um, I don't think that's a good idea. But I'm still here. And they don't want to talk about it. And yeah. It's pulling the moderates, isn't it? It's figuring out, like, you can be moderate and like abortion. But now, if you want to vote that way, you have to vote all in yeah. on no parental oversight no but then if you don't like abortion you also have to vote for the other extreme and get rid of this whole proposal three yeah it's it's gonna take getting that that middle group of there that most likely are pro-choice to some extent whether that be the exceptions or whatever it may be to vote no that should be easy for them it's we still have, unfortunately, abortion in Michigan. It's still legal to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. If this amendment is struck down, that's not going to change. Right. Yeah. According to Judge Lizzie, it's right there in the Constitution somewhere. you got to use a magnifying glass. you gotta got to look within the spaces. Ah. Read between the lines, Chris. Right. Um, yeah. How do, you, how do you not see it? It's right there. Right, just like I saw those spaces. Yeah, that you They're were subatomic. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, again, this sh- should all just serve as a reminder that elections have consequences. Back in the twenty twenty, you know, <laughs> election do. and previous elections, these judges got elected, and uh, this is what they do with their decision making. And so, thankfully, in Michigan, you have the power to change that. Uh, you have the power to vote. And so I just encourage you as we get in the run-up to the election in November and voting starts in like two weeks because the ballots go out and we have super early whenever you want absentee voting now. Uh, vote no on Proposal 3. Vote no on these judges. Mm-hmm. Vote for pro-life candidates that will carry your voice um, and we'll have a much happier state. Hopefully. We will. We will. We will have a half year state. All right. That's all the time we have for this edition of Life Beat. Join us again next week. Have a wonderful weekend.